Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Sunbury Press publishes print, electronic, and audiobooks under a variety of imprints and categories available worldwide wherever books are sold. And now your host, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press, Lawrence Knorr. We're at the Christian Baker Farm near historic Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. My guest today is novelist Juliette Godot. She's the author of From the Drop of Heaven. It's 1582, Martin, an accused seditionist, narrowly escapes the pyre and finds safety with Nicholas's family. Martin admits that his books are banned, but Nicholas can't resist them. He reads them to Catherine, his love. When caught with one of the books, they learn their true enemy is the man charged with saving their souls. Based on real people and events, genealogist Juliet Godot draws upon her own Renaissance-era family to bring you her award-winning debut novel, From the Drop of Heaven. Juliet Godot is a former software engineer at Carnegie Mellon University, but her passion is genealogy. After cataloging over 40,000 ancestors, she wanted to know more than just names on the family tree. The quest to find her roots led her down the back roads of France to the unsung principality of Psalm, where superstitions were part of everyday life. The myths and legends of the Renaissance and the grit of the people, steadfast in faith as war surrounded them, enveloped Juliet. Writing about it as the only what was the only way she could get it out of her mind. Juliet's debut novel, From the Drop of Heaven, won the 2021 Gold Medal in the Royal Palm Literary Awards. Juliet, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 40,000 ancestors? How do you document 40,000 ancestors? Well, I'm a member of Genianet, which is a, it's like ancestry, but it's um, French. And um, they're all on there. You just go on there and follow your line. And, you know, I basically just copied other people's uh-huh. trees. I mean, I really, I don't speak French. So um, the hardest part for me was getting over there because there's so many people with the same name. Um, so that was the hardest part. Yes. You know, once once you have your family line figured out, then you just... You know, you have to verify it, of course, you know, to make sure that it is the right, the right line. But, um, yeah, that's takes a lot of typing. But um, other than that, it's all right there for you. I I didn't really um, do anything other than look on websites. There's a bunch of websites, but uh, Genianet is the one I use most often. So I've done a lot of genealogy. Of course, that's how I got started in book publishing. But I have some French ancestors. Marie Ferre, the Lefevre or Lefay family as well. Mm-hmm. And um, they're from Alsace-Lorraine. Is, yes, that's it, where mine's from. Yes, yeah, so Assalm is uh, in the same area. Yeah. And, and I know that there's a, um, it, it's an area of great tension in history between Germany, France, um, you know, it, one side ruling <laughs> the other and vice versa. And then, of course, you have the whole 20th century history, which, um, you know, gets pretty intense. But yeah. we're back in the Renaissance here. So what was going on in 1582 in Psalm? Well, Psalm was very, um, it was unique because it was ruled by two counts. The one was Catholic and the other was Protestant. So they allowed their followers or their subjects to be either one either religion. And that was totally unheard of. I mean, if 
you know, if your ruler decides to be Protestant, then you become a Protestant or you either are a heretic or you get kicked out or in some cases you get worse than that. But um, so, you know, I think Psalm being, well, freedom of religion sort of resonated with me, you know, as an American where they could um, pray the way they wanted to. And and that I think that was maybe part of the reason that I wanted to write this because, you know, I've told people that I'm writing a book about Psalm and they say, oh, Salem. No, it's Psalm. So and most people don't even know that that's a country or, you know, in this, you know, in the United States, they don't really know the name of Psalm. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that was part of the, the reason that I was attracted to the area to write the book. So where is Psalm like in relation to Strasbourg or uh, what, what major towns near it? Uh, it's west of Strasbourg and east of Lorraine. It's like in the middle okay. between Lorraine and Strasbourg. And okay. Strasbourg was in the Holy Roman Empire. Actually, Psalm was part of the Holy Roman Empire too. It was just a small principality. Okay. And then Lorraine was very Catholic. So that's where the tension was between the two. Right, right. I know that my ancestors were Protestants and were treated very badly, let's just say, <laughs> then yeah. decided to emigrate um, in yeah. the early 1700s. So, uh, w- I mean, you, you talk about being real people, but how many, how much of the situations that you write about is, is historic? And the follow-on question is, how did you learn about that? Well, I started, I was going to write this book with a cousin of mine from France, and she she actually contacted me if I knew anything about Catherine, and I just said, no, I only know what I found on GenieNet. And so um, she did a lot of the background research, uh, the very beginning of it. But then once you know, um, like, the era like um what's going on like if you if you know the name of someone you can always look it up on the internet there's a lot of history on there um oxford cambria there's all kind of websites where you can find this historical information but um we were going to write the book together but not very far in, it became clear that we had totally different ideas for the book. So actually she wrote her book and it has more fantasy elements to it than mine. And she published hers like way back in 2012. Um, and I just kept plugging away at trying to get it more realistic. And um, you, I mean, you can punch in like, what happened in night in 1587 and things will pop up, and, mm-hmm. you know, so all you got to do is narrow it down to the area and then see if it'll fit in the book. And that's really what I did. I just found out what was happening in the area with like with when the, when they divided the country. Um, so back then there was uh, the, the one count that ruled, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't have an heir, so it went to his niece, and they tried to marry her off, you know, to 
raise themselves up politically. So they ended up marrying her off to Lorraine, which was very Catholic. And that really started a lot of, you know, when eventually Psalm became, it had to be Catholic then. So, and I found all that just on different websites, historical websites. Once you know the names of the characters, like Christine de Salm and Frederick Savage and all that, once you know the names of them, then you can really drill down. It takes a long time. It took me a long time to research this, even with the background knowledge of what um, my cousin did in France. It still took me a long time because I wanted it as close to being realistic as I could. We're talking to Juliette Godot. We'll be right back after the break. The BookSpeak Network brings you history through biography. Sunbury Press Books founder and publisher Lawrence Knorr hosts this program that takes a look at pivotal figures in American history, including the famous, the infamous, and the not-so-well-known. Lawrence is joined by Joe Farrell and Joe Farley, authors of the Keystone Tombstone series of books, available at sunburypress.com. History through biography, here on the BookSpeak Network. We're back with Juliet Godot, the author of From the Drop of Heaven. Um, Juliet, the the idea of writing a, an historical novel about your ancestors, you know, it's not really interesting to anyone else unless there's some sordid details, something interesting, nasty, great, historic, something that happened, or something that you invent, you know, of great interest. But, it, you know, when reading the introduction here and knowing a little bit about your book, you mentioned some heresies, some banned books, a pyre. Sounds like somebody was going to be burned at the stake. Maybe you can enlighten yes. us a little. So at the beginning of the book, Martin um, sees his professor uh, get burned at the stake because he was teaching. Um, he was teaching that the Bible was not the the last word on everything, and so he was teaching uh, skepticism. So that didn't go over well. So he got burned at the stake, and he is fictional. But, I'm, you know, there were people who were skeptics who were burned. But anyway, so Martin sees his professor being burned, and he flees. And he ends up in Psalm, where he has a little more freedom. Um, but he brings along with him these banned books and... That's what starts the trouble because then he reads the banned books to Nicholas, who's the point of view, and um, Nicholas loves the books, and Martin can't get enough of them. He continues to go back to Strasbourg to get more from his printer friend, so he goes once a month or whatever to go to Strasbourg, get more banned books, bring them home to Psalm reads them to Nicholas, then they discuss them. And then when Nicholas meets Catherine, then he reads to her, who, you know, she didn't know how to read, but eventually she learns how. And um, and that's really what gets her into trouble as well. So these, these banned books, it's very interesting to me that you're talking about Strasbourg and books because my ancestors coming from the Strasbourg area, now I'm a book publisher. And I'm really <laughs> curious, you know, these quote-unquote banned books, are these just figments of your imagination or are there actual titles and books that you were aware of in your research? Well, the one that I mentioned in 
in my book is uh, Vesalius, which he had written. That, um, he dissected bodies and drew the muscles, organs, bones, all that. And that was completely forbidden mm-hmm. because you, you were not allowed to do uh, operations on a human body because the body was created by God, and so it's divine. So you're not even supposed to know how it works. So by this man, and he made a series of books, maybe eight or nine, I don't even remember how many, but he got burned for that. And then there's another one, um, Savalius or something, who drew the heart, and he he found out that the heart has three... um, whatever they're called chambers Pieces of their heart. chambers yes the three chambers and i read that book too um and it goes into how he drew this up and drew the picture of the heart and how it worked and he got burned so merely having this book would be a death sentence if you get caught because it's a it's a heretic's book and you weren't allowed to know how the body worked wow. so yeah so it sounds like uh, Spanish Inquisition meets science. Yes, yeah. Well, not, that is really what it is. They yeah. didn't. They didn't want people to know how you know how the body worked because only God created that. So now you mentioned Catherine. Catherine, uh, what was her last name? And you, know, you mentioned that she couldn't read. Maybe we should talk a little bit about women in this time frame. Well, actually, Catherine's father in the book. Um, was an orphan, and the parish priest takes him in, and he learns to read from the parish priest, but he doesn't teach Catherine because women didn't need to know how to read. But he teaches his sons, but he didn't teach her. Um, So Nicholas teaches her because Nicholas likes her and wants to impress her, so he teaches her, and that's what then they fall in love while he's teaching her. But so they live out in the country, and her name was Catherine Cotillion. And then Nicholas's name was Nicholas de la Goutte de Paradis. And that's where I got the name from, the drop of heaven. It's not an exact interpretation, de la Goutte de Paradis, but close enough that I thought it sounded like a lyrical name for a book. Mm-hmm. So that's where I got the title of the book, actually, it's from their name. Yeah, no, actually, it's a clever title, too, because it from the drop of heaven, as if something divine is coming down to earth. And then you're talking about heresy as well. So uh, the books, though, that he's reading to Catherine, are these the the books with all the pictures of the the body? Or is he reading more like some forbidden novels or love stories or poetry? He's reading, yeah, he's reading Ronsard love poems and um, Rabelais, uh, book about the giant and the sheep, you know, the the story about the, the sheep following the leader and jumping off the boat. Um, well, it sounds like politics. That that's where that, that's really where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You follow the sheep. You know, that, that's where that comes from. Rebellious. Mm. Maybe rebellious. Maybe I'm not saying it. Rebellious is how you say it. So I'm guessing uh, with 40,000 ancestors, you probably have quite a few stories in your head that you could uncover and write about. Is- yeah, I do. I, I have, uh, like, well, like I said, I have another witch. And then I have uh, one guy who was beheaded 
Wow. Um, he was a mayor of Dombach. Dombach. Yeah. And uh, he was beheaded for a whole list of crimes. <laughs> but, you know, you read it and it's it's sort of like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> they beheaded this guy. And it was... It wasn't like major, it wasn't murder or anything like that. It was lewdness and, um, and well, it said incest, but I don't know if incest meant the same thing back then as it does now. But yeah, so he was uh, beheaded for sexual related wow. indecencies. And this was so, in, and where was this? I think it was Dombach, D-A-M-B-A-C-H. Maybe I don't say it right because okay. my French is terrible. Okay. But, Sounds like another place in uh, Alsace-Lorraine. Hey. Right, yeah. All right, Juliet, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. Sunbury Press Books opens the door to Pennsylvania Dutch and German history with our imprint, Distal Fink Press. Find out about the lives of figures in early American history through the Muhlenbergs of Pennsylvania or Conrad Weiser, Friend of Colonist and Mohawk by Paul A. Wallace, Joseph G. Rosengardens, The German Soldier in the Wars of the United States, or The Indians of Berks County by D.B. Bruner. Check out the wide variety of available works, both fiction and nonfiction, at sunburypress.com. We're back with Juliet Godot talking about the novel From the Drop of Heaven. Juliet, uh, very happy to see the 2021 Gold Medal Award from the Royal Palm folks. Uh, tell us about that. Uh, what is that organization? And, uh, you know, it might be quite an honor to have won that. Well, it's from the French, or French, I got French in my head. It's from the Florida Writers Convention. And I almost didn't enter it because I didn't. I didn't really think my book was done. And so when I went to my critique group, um, somebody suggested that I enter it. And the only reason that I really did was they give you a complete um, critique of the book. And so uh, I thought at the point that I was, I, I thought, you know, I needed a real deep critique to know how to fix it. And then I won the gold medal. And there's a lot of rubrics that they, that, you know, um, they, I don't even really know, but there's, they give you the rubrics of the different areas of the book, the characters, the, the arc, mm -hmm. you know, the plot lines. And so it is a really in-depth um, contest. And yeah, when I, I, I was sort of shocked that I won. And so that was really the, the push that I needed that it, it was finally finished that I could start actively, you know, being serious about it being a real book instead of just something in my head. No, so. that's fantastic. You know, I've been to the Florida Writers Conference a number of times and been on panels and given presentations there. And I know we've signed several authors out of those conferences. And uh, I think Jerry Almond is one who won a Royal Palm Award. There might be a couple others that did that we signed. But yeah. Quite an honor, and glad to have another one uh, in our mix at Sunbury Press. So yeah, it was a great honor that I won that, and then just recently I sent it to the Historical Fiction uh, Company, and I, I won the um, uh, highly recommended Award of Excellence book or book award for for that, um, and you know some awards. You know, sort of not um, really awards, but this one is recommended by Reedsy. So, it, I mean, it is a, a recognized award, 
and I just won that. So I'm pretty excited about that as well. Yeah, that's great, especially with a debut novel to rack up some trophies for it. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Let's hope that that leads to some some book sales. Uh, yeah, you know that people really start to enjoy it um, and talk about it. So, um, are you? Do you have any appearances planned or any activities around promoting the book? Well, I really haven't had a. I haven't had my launch yet because I, the the library here. I mean, there's just a big, long story. I went here and I went there. And so I kept trying to find a place. And with all there's this time of year, it's hard to find a place because there's a lot of craft shows and fall festivals and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, my launch isn't until December. Okay. <laughs> my, official, my official launch is in December. So um, in this area. And so I'm looking forward to that. And then there's another Florida book fest that I am planning on attending that's in January. So I think in earnest, it's really going to start up, um, not until December, but I've just done a couple local things at this point. I know you, I know you have a number of really good blurbs from other authors and that's, that's always great to see too. Um, what are you writing? Any, anything new or are you focused on, on this and getting this out and promoting it? Well, I, I haven't started yet, but I, I had an idea for a prequel and I, you know, prequels are sometimes they do well and sometimes they're an afterthought. And there was a, uh, one character in the book, the troubadour, um, who had a great backstory, um, you know, and then you go through how he got disabled and, and about his, how his hatred grew in the book. And I thought, boy, I, and he was going to be a character in the book, but then it would have been like Game of Thrones going here and then going there and going back. So I couldn't pull it off. I'm not J.R.R. Martin. So I couldn't pull it off. So I ended up deleting his point of view. But I still have that in the back of my head that that would be, you know, he would have a great point of view if I, if I ever write another one. It's probably going to be about him. We wouldn't mind having a series of books as successful as Game of Thrones. That would not be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I wish I could have pulled it off. I just didn't yeah. think I... Well, you know, some of the other things you mentioned, though, about um, like the gentleman who was beheaded. Maybe I shouldn't call him a gentleman. But uh, some of these other family members and situations. And then you've got the whole Catholic-Protestant tension there and Alsace-Lorraine. When, when people see that, they think more about maybe Northern Ireland in contemporary times where that that's a, a prevalent issue. But yeah, there yeah. was always a tension throughout, you know, Northern Europe um, during those times. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's fertile ground, certainly with that many ancestors and the research you've done and sort of as you expand on your knowledge of history of your family and, and of the regions that they lived in. I, I think you'll find yeah. a lot to work with. Yeah, and once you get into that mindset, you know, um, you know, you, you get into that, you put yourself into that that time frame. Yeah. And um, I, I I sort of like that time frame. <laughs> you know, just because I, I felt like I could put myself there. So just yeah, how, I, just how do you do that? Do you have a special tea that you drink and you go back to 1582, <laughs> or is there? A- 
a hookah pipe or I don't know a little little little, little pill that uh, Mama Cass sang about. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, we, my husband and I, actually, what started this whole process was my husband and I went for a walk, and there were some berries along the road along this path, and we started picking berries, and I and I had it in my head about Catherine, and I thought, you know, I'll bet she was walking along one day and picked some berries. And and that's where I began the first chapter with that. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can relate. It's just, you know, being in nature and, you know, just walking around, looking around. I mean, things are the same as they were back then. So it's not that difficult. Well, I was, something I saw recently talked about DNA actually storing memory and transporting memory from generation to generation and explains some of the innate uh, instincts that different creatures have. Makes makes me wonder if human beings don't have a little bit of that. Maybe some of that berry picking made that connection for you. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I mean, I did, I did feel like when I was doing that, I just had it in my head that, well, Catherine would have did this. And it just sort of, you know, felt very natural that I would write this book then because I could feel... You know, and then when I went to France and I said before that, you know, I breathed the air that Catherine breathed and I think it made all the difference for me. Yeah. Just, and I, I do. I, I believe that. I do believe that. Well, Juliet, we just have a few minutes to go. Is there anything else uh, you wanted to share with the audience about your writing or about these characters, the book? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's um, a difficult era, but um you know, there, there's happiness in it, too, and it, it has a happy ending. So, you know, I don't want to scare people away to think, oh, I'm going to be horrified and have nightmares about this book because, you know, there's a lot of good things that went on back then, too. A lot of love in the family, and it's about the family ties and what they'll do for each other. And um, so, you know, it does have a happy ending. There's always hope for the future. Well, that's that's great to know. And uh, it's been great talking to you today. We've been talking to Juliet Godot. Hope to have you back when that next novel is is uh, is out someday. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Juliet Godot has been racking up the awards. She's the author of From the Drop of Heaven. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Check out our website at www.sunburypress.com for our latest releases. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to receive special offers and discounts.